Hey everyone, this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium in Hollywood, California. It's at Hollywood and Highland. You know it as the crossroads of entertainment. Why do you know it? Because I've said that's what it is. Uh, if you're looking for something to occupy your time while you're visiting the great city of Los Angeles, specifically Hollywood, California, let's say you've seen Grommens, you've put your hands in George Lucas's fingers, well, let's just make it William Shatner. He's out there. <laughs> is he in front of Romans? Yeah. Mm. The cast is. Uh, so let's say you do that. And then you're like, well, okay, I did that. Now what do I do? I'm pretty bored. Well, well there was something where I could see oddities uh, strange. There is, Andy. Look no further than the Ripley's. Aspects of humanity and history. Believe it or not, auditorium. Really? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a buy one, get one offer to Star Trek The Next Conversation. Listeners, if you go after 5.30 p.m. and you mention this very podcast, you will be granted admission into the auditorium for a mere $20 for two people. That's a buy one, get one offer. So do it. The Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium in Hollywood, California. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. My name is Matt. My name's Andy. And we are coming to you from the USS Next Conversation. We've never really named the ship. I we don't haven't know. named the ship. Uh, we're on the Enterprise D, though, right? Sure. <laughs> right? Is that what... I mean, I, I just like, assumed we were always on a Galaxy-class ship. I think like we're referred to both by them and we refer to people them on our ship. <laughs> then I suppose we must be. That's who we are. On the Enterprise of Day. But the USS uh, Next Conversation is also a good name for a ship. Yeah. Well, for our ship. I feel like we would never be given our own ship. We're so bogged down and we haven't yeah. even gotten started yet. We're very busy with uh, lots of other things. Our, 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 our other duties up on board this ship. I was just saying, we're bogged down right now. <laughs> oh, what's happening? In this podcast. Oh, I think this is entertaining as hell. Sure. That's what you think. <laughs> Let's take a vote. Let's do a poll. No, we don't need to do a poll, Andy. I love polls. Okay. Uh, we hope you all have been enjoying the Best of Both Worlds Part 1. Uh, part 2 will be coming at you next week. We're uh, technically in the summer of 1990 now, oh. in between. Those four months, was it? The in-between times. I suppose it was May till September. Yeah. Wow, September. That's a long time. Yeah. A long time to wait for... Record would have said fire and not know what was going to happen. Well, <laughs> although Ira Bear pointed out, it's like, that's not a cliffhanger. You know, he's not going to destroy the Borg cube, but you never know. Do you, though? Like, that's what I say. 
I mean, you know now. You don't know exactly how it's going to play out, that's yeah. for sure. Let's say they use the weapon and cripple most of the ship, but then there's still some shit going down. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, right. there could be a number of ways out of that. That would be hilarious, though, if you cut to the opening, and then he just destroys Picard, and then Borg Cube is destroyed, and then that's it. It's like, oh, and then okay, they, all right, well. And they're dispatched to a diplomatic mission <laughs> yeah. where a rogue fugitive has sure. uh, found uh, solace on the Enterprise, and they won't give him back. Let's get back to charting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe we should just sort of develop more weapons in case there are more Borg out there. No, yeah. no, we got we, uh, got we got some nebula to look at. We figured it out. There's a binary star system I've really been aching to get a look at. Come on. Anyway. So in today's episode, we're going to instead take a break and watch Trekkies. Yeah, usually. Well, not usually. I suppose now it's, it's the uh, thing that we do whenever we finish a season of uh, TNG. Uh, we like to take a break from TNG and check out something else Star Trek related. So this 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 week it is the 1999 documentary Trekkies. If you've never seen it, it's available on Amazon Prime. If you're a Prime subscriber, uh, just go over there and stream it at no extra cost to you. And uh, if you've never seen this film, I urge you to check it out. There's so much happening. And and I forgot, Andy, how many times I've watched this movie. Oh yeah, it's this. I'm in the double digits for sure. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was it like just hanging with your friends and? Yeah. Yeah. Like Joe uh, Joe McDonough, listener uh, of the pod, member of the Face Group, one of my best men. Uh, how many best men did you have? Two. Huh? Joe and John. Joe and John McDonough. Was there a number one? No. Between them? No number one. I had to make it even. They're like my brothers. My actual brother left out. <laughs> Was he chief of engineering? <laughs> he had to make transporter chief. Yeah, he had to make sure that the uh, he was he was he's whatever. My brother has uh, had many uh, careers in his life, mm-hmm. so I feel like he's been in every department on the ship. Interesting. Yet to find one he's happy with. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't get pressure from from Mary and what's your father's name? John. John. Uh, no, I mean... Sometimes was, parents will go, you have to have your brother! Yeah, I get that, and I do... You know, I love my brother, of course, but uh, John and Joe, you know, I've, I, they, they, they were like my second family. They were my brothers, because I spent so much... My brother was seven years older, my real brother, yeah, seven years older than me, had left the house, had a kid, like, and then I was still growing up, and then... I see, so... Went to high of... school and met John and Joe, and uh, and then essentially never left their house right and when i go back to lowell i stay there that's what i do andy oh you stay with them yeah oh wow no hotel oh that's nice i just sleep on the couch that's really nice yeah it does take me back really makes me feel like i'm 19 again also what made me feel like i was 19 again was watching this movie yeah it was really, really took me back into the waybacks. But that's not what's important, Andy. What's important is the show. What's next? We're going to step into the Admirals Club. Oh, sure and are. we're going to uh, just welcome a couple Admirals okay. in there. Okay. Um, so if you just want to... I did. I, I clicked at the click. There we go. <sighs> go to iTunes, leave a five-star review. Just like the jingle says, Andy, all you got to do is leave a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as I believe it is uh, referred to now, 
And uh, you could be welcomed into the Admiral's Club, where there's a variety of hot dishes, but nothing nearly as good as the President's Circle. Our first Admiral is uh, Andrew Prime. And Wait a uh, second. Are we in a... In, like, the Kelvin universe, and this is you from that universe, the, from the Prime universe, emailing us, reviewing a show from his oh, that'd be a real other downer. dimensional person? Are we the Kelvin version <laughs> Oh, us? God, what if oh, we are? That would be the worst. Oh, I wonder what's happening in Prime universe. Oh, We're probably no. both really fit and... I guess we would be more attractive. There's no question about that. Sure. Much better effects. Yeah, I mean, if you're like... <laughs> sitting here talking. Pine to Shatner, it's like, oh boy, yeah, I guess. No, no, we'd be the Kelvin, so we'd be more attractive. We'd be the attractive ones. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I mean, maybe we are the Kelvin. That's... I mean, look at us, buddy. First of all, so sorry, Prime Andy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Andrew Prime says, Matt Myra's dulcet tones and Secunda's ever-failing confidence with the soundboard makes this the greatest TNC podcast to drive anyone with OCD to the brink. <laughs> Seriously, love you guys and look forward to the continuation of the show until the heat death of the planet. Andrew, the street saint. Um, here's another one from Dean Zimpala. Never fails to make me giggle. Matt and Andy... You never fail to make my walk to and from work a delight. You walk to work. Although I have to admit, people steer clear of me now. He's mainly so confused. <laughs> Why would you to, walk to work? I, I'm such a. It's so You're true. You're a New Yorker, though. I'm a New Yorker. Well, I've of been, course you'd walk to work. This town has bent my brain. <laughs> I don't want to live here anymore. <laughs> God darn it. Um, anyway, uh, people, uh, although I have to admit, people steer clear of me mainly now due to the stifled laughing or evil the, even the giggle snort sounds I make. Highlight of my week, listening to you guys, and please do not become a sleek and well-oiled podcast. It would spoil the whole listening experience. I wouldn't worry about it, buddy. And then the last one is from... Uh, uh, oh, this one's gonna this one's gonna set off your alarms, Matt. Yankee fan eight seven five five. You suck, sir. <laughs> <laughs> he says best podcast to listen to when your favorite podcast doesn't have a new episode. <laughs> Come for the Star so Fun true. Star Trek banter. Stay because so your true. phone is too far away to turn off. So true. But he gave us five stars. Did I? That is my kindred <laughs> Yankee. Uh, that's my Yankee version of me. I, that makes so much sense to me that was a great review it was a great review um and then uh if you could uh, just uh, walk through some of these doors and get us over to the uh, federation of planets president circle <laughs> the federation of planets president circle well andy of course you know how many doors there are here so let me just uh, slide through this one okay. you could all if you want to walk around go ahead i'll just i'll just be walking. i always just stand yeah, at the side yeah, just hang out for a minute and they chat with some of the admirals oh, how's it going, admiral yeah, admiral sure 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 and admiral. okay we're finally here Very busy so in busy. here. It's getting busier and busier all the time. If you'd like um, to become a member of the President's Circle, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Uh, this month, we will, uh, Andy and I, for the President's Circle, will be uh, going over the first Marvel film. It's called Marveling with Matt and Andy. 
That's right. Well, it's the only one of our bonus pods that has a title now. Uh, I love it. I think Marveling's a great title. That's a Matt Matt Myra original right there. And uh, Andy and I are going to be going Breaking Down Iron Man. Similar, very similar format to what you hear on this show. We're Uh, going through the MCU movie by movie. Well... Well, at least. according to Andy, because he's got this complicated polling system. So we're doing it until you don't want to do it anymore. That's exactly uh, right. <laughs> and uh, that'll be uh, available this month. And if you're in the Lieutenant Circle, which is also available via Patreon, but you don't get access to these warmer and uh, more delicious dishes in here, uh, you'll be getting, I uh, believe this month, we're going to be doing the USS Callister episode of Black Mirror. Exciting stuff. So if you want to hear those, just sign up for the Patreon and, and come on in. Um, all right. So the first uh, president is no, no. yet. No, no. I'm oh, sorry. Not, they're not I the president. I screwed it up. As, you're right. As, as we've been very clear. But I'm the president. No, sir. You're not the president. the president. I know Andy you're just not. said you're the president, but you're he not. No. Yeah, I know. He just misspoke. I'm so sorry. Ooh, s'mores. Uh, yes, go get some s'mores. They're delicious. Uh, but uh, so we're going to single out a few of you guys uh, and gals <laughs> right now. Before we get to that, I'm so sorry. There's one more person that's into PayPal in July. I don't. I think it'll never end. It's Kevin Stone. He sent us $17.01. He says, I hope this gets me into the president's circle. Apparently, anyone can be president this day, these days, so I don't see why not. You're not the president, but yes, you're in the circle. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, here are a couple. Oh, anyway. So these are the Christopher Pike uh, Medal of Valor Award winners for this week. Uh, of course, we'll shout out a couple of you, and then at the end of the show, we're going to come back in here and give a shout out proper to uh, a lot more of you guys. One of our favorites, Original Pennybottom, writes us, You will pay for your sins in blood. Welcome to the President's Circle, sir. Thank you. <laughs> and Cosmo Moore uh, writes us, I've been sitting here for five minutes trying to think of something interesting to say, and I failed. <laughs> but he does say, What a boring job it must be to be transporter chief. Just standing there and waiting. Think O'Brien has a stool. O'Brien spelled wrong, Cosmo. Oh, does, boy. Does, Livingston Picard. Blew it. Does... O'Brien have a stool? That's a great question. He must have it at the there side, right? There must be something that, like, he can hit a button and, like, a thing comes out. Like, you know, like, the sinks in the brig. Side note. You know, Picard, Riker, uh, people at Ops and uh, Helm, they all got they all got uh, very cushy seats. Yeah. Uh, the people at the pads in the back at the, at the they consoles. Have seats. They have seats. Those, those they're, they're built into the panel. Those come out. And they Are they seats. ever sitting on them? Yeah, a lot of times. We've oh. watched many episodes where they're sitting on All right, them. All right, I guess I didn't, I'm always rem- remembering battle situations. Well, you know situations. what I will say? They're I not. Feel like they're always standing. Uh, the extras rarely are ever sitting in them. But yeah. like when Jordy's at the science station, or, or rather when Jordy's at the you're engineering right. station, you're they're right. sitting in them. They're yeah. always sitting in them, yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I stand corrected. So may, uh, what I'm saying is maybe uh, there's a similar situation in transporter room one or four, wherever O'Brien is, like a wall sort of seat situation. Uh-huh. It just pops out like a Murphy bed. His, la- his last question is: Or there is there a transporter lounge next door? Oh, that's a good question. Like a ready room for yeah, just for hanging O'Brien. out. It must it must be something. He's got to have a replicator in there, right? Yeah. Although, FYI, many people have many many people have emailed. So hopefully, let's put this to rest. I have seen, and I assume you have too, Chief O'Brien at work. A very delightful cartoon. No, I haven't. No, you. Sh- you might want to look it up right now. Um, it's uh, it's basically just him being bored. That's as very a funny. Border chief, um, which is uh, it's very funny. Um, okay, 
So that's it. A little couple, just a couple of shout outs, a couple of our presidents. If uh, you join the president circle, then you will get a subspace shout out uh, every month. At Guys, some point. calm down. I know. Yes, it's very. The shrimp is very exciting. I know. The seafood tower just came out, Andy. There's a lot of yelling back here. It's not animated. It's a. Uh, it's a strip cartoon. What do you? I know. No, oh, I think. What are you talking about? about? No, I. I oh, was. I was that. doing the podcast. Oh, I see. <laughs> I was reacting to the loud. No, no, crowd I, murmuring. I was looking at. Your, oh, that'll be over there. I'm gonna okay. do a couple things here because I have to hit this button to get us out, and then I have to jump down here to do this. Now we're in the. See how, see how that? See how that works? I do. I have to like cut. Boom! Boom! No. Boom, boom. It's a lot impressed. of happening here. Guys, Multiple screens happening. It's impressive. It's not. It really isn't. That's the wrong door. Oh, God. Here we go through this one. Oh, so many doors. You know what? I, I think I should like develop some sort of system where I know exactly how many doors I want to walk through. You can do a site-to-site transport at any point. Chief O'Brien can help us. He's very busy. All right. And that was the Admiral's Club. Lots happening in the uh, hallway today. I know. A yeah. lot of hustle and bustle. I wonder if there's like uh, any like guy that's stationed in the hallways. Well, I think just us, right? <laughs> Besides us. Uh, whoa. Captain, we are being hailed. All right. The hail bag is officially open. Um, uh, a gentleman named uh, Lieutenant Andy Franks has been uh, sending us, and I, I haven't read them, um, um, he's basically been catching up on our, as many people will, they'll discover the podcast and then they'll go back to the beginning and they'll listen to all of them. We, you know, an excellent, God bless your heart. An excellent adventure. We'll get people emailing us questions and they'll be like, I just finished episode 17. We right. just hit a hundred on that. Yeah. And it's so, cause they're like, I don't know if you guys, where you guys are with IVF. We hope you have a baby. And like, it's like, no, we don't. <laughs> well, he's been writing us. Uh, as a, a temporal officer's log, uh, he's floating through time amazing. and writing a uh, basically <laughs> a, a, a sort of log-like recap of every episode leading up to this. So I might, uh, when we finally get a, a website up and running, I might put them all up there for your perusal. Hmm. But I figured I would just read this last one because uh, he's almost caught up with us. Oh boy. Uh, this one's titled The Last Out of Time. Uh, Chief Temporal Officer's Log, Stardate 47634.44. Do you say point? Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry, I lost my place here. Uh, after rewrite, re- rerouting power through the secondary conduit during the artificial time rift Captain Myra int- inserted in the last episode... I think this was... Uh, I'm trying to think which episode this was. I have been able to hasten my synchronization with the TMC timeline. I am pleased to report that this will be my last entry on this journey. Thank you for a fantastic podcast, Captains. And I look forward to the continuing missions with high hopes. Uh, and then here's a breakdown by episode. Um, Sarek, TNC's Vegas vacation. Matt glows from nerd adoration. The first batch of Patreon presidents are welcomed. Matt is briefly transfixed by the Dow of Dow. <laughs> what is that in reference to? I don't remember. Um, it's T-A-O of D-O-W. Oh, you were talking about the Dow at that point in that episode. 
I think we had the Dow some, Jones Industrial I think had reached had a record <laughs> of like some like three thousand or something. You went on some's tangent about that. Sure. Andy becomes obsessed with William Dennis. Remember that, guys? A hilarious marathon of a TNC episode. Um, the next one's Menage a Trois. Andy has a trill. I don't know what that's in. Uh, do, do we talk about that? This yeah, must that, all that's be. What, that's what eats the food you eat. So oh, you oh, don't right. Become right. a big old fatty like myself. This is fascinating. Uh, the chatter in the president's lounge sounds like the teacher's lounge at a Charlie Brown school. <laughs> uh, Bo tries to tell Matt something important. A listener reminisces about the time Matt nerd bullied LeVar Burton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt uses a hat to hide his receding hairline. The hat will worsen uh, the hairline, trust me. Andy brings uh, presents. Matt is happy as a little girl and scrambles to prove he got Andy a present, too. It did scramble. I can personally vouch for the fact that Starfleet Academy's enrollment procedure is very convoluted. And then the last one is Transfigurations. Matt tries to skip straight to the Andes. Matt and Dory's big announcement, may your first child be a galaxy child. <laughs> Andy saves Bo again and uh, mediates a marital dispute. A very Maury interlude. Yeah, we, we, you're not the father. Yeah, we had that going. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, Matt rails against techno babble gobbledygook, which is so heavy in this episode, I wonder if someone was paid by the word. Worf is correct. Less talk, more synth the hall. Captain Myra creates an artificial temporal rift for Andy to do his improv show, and I take advantage uh, of this and the excess of techno babble to complete my synchronization. Yeah, that's that's one we had to do in chunks. Um, and since we're on the topic of techno babble, um, I thought um, having problems with my internet. Um, I, I thought I would bring up somebody gave a because uh, you were you were really. Yeah, were, I almost cut that. You were you you might I, say you were on yellow alert and then our friend Josh Bald I was on uh, red alert, my friend. Well I was so angry about it. Josh disagrees and he decided it was a yellow alert. Okay. He says, No offense to Matt, but his irritation the prolonged technobabble filled me with glee as he identified this level of annoyance as yellow alert. Oh, I guess you called oh, it yellow alert yourself. Oh. I made a sound clip to notify all enterprise denizens. Matt's on yellow alert! <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then we got one from uh, Josh Stafford, uh-huh. uh, who writes us, uh, who's from Ottawa, Ontario. 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 Canada. Sorry, my apologies, Canada. Great province. Have you been there? Yeah. Mm. Where is it? Where's that one? Uh, it is Toronto's in Ontario. You've been there as well. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> but I haven't been to Ottawa. No, you haven't, but you've been in Ontario. Okay. I enjoyed Toronto very much. Uh, you know when you were a kid, how, when you were a kid, I thought this one might be appropriate to Trekkies, uh, you have a much less critical mind and just love everything, like watching Tron, Howard the Duck, Masters yes, of the Universe, totally. or those Ewok TV movies that might not hold up as a great entertainment as much as when viewed through through the jaded eyes of adulthood. The most vivid nightmares of my life were caused by the bad guys in the Ewok TV movie. Continue. That was post me, but I, maybe I should check that out at some point. So, Matt. I mean, if you ever want to sleep again, I wouldn't watch it. Um, all right. It's terrifying. I I am a baby about scary things. Well, it's just like when I was a kid, we had woods in the backyard that looked a lot like the Ewok moon of Endor. Sure. Um, and, like, there were some scenes of the bad guys coming for the Ewoks. And, and I, I still viv- I can vividly remember the dream of the bad guys coming in through my backyard. What did they? It was terrifying. Bring up an image of them. I think I remember them looking a lot like Skeletor, uh, the main bad guy. Interesting. 
Skeletor, ironically, in Masters of the Universe, not scary at all. <laughs> Frank Langella? Possibly? Um, it was, yes. Uh, Frank Langella in the uh, Masters of the Universe. Continue. Here's this question. So, Matt, if Star Trek The Next Generation had been a bra- has had been a brand new show coming out right now, same quality in writing, do you think you would have stuck with it after the first two seasons, Josh? Is it called Star Trek? If it is, then I probably well, would have stuck with it. But yes. I think he's saying if you were starting fresh, didn't know Star Trek, weren't a fan. No. Well, I don't know. And you saw Star I... Trek The Next Generation. It's tough because a lot of the with techno... With your jaded adult eyes. You know, a lot of the techno procedural stuff in there is something that I would be into anyway. That's a that's a tough call. And I don't I know nothing about Star Trek as a genre as a as a entity. Is that are we all exactly. presupposing uh, that? I, that's how I interpret it. Yeah, I, th- I don't know. That's a tough question because it is so ingrained in me at this point. What's your guess? First well, I two mean, my, seasons, honestly, first my, two seasons are, my are honest, what they are. My honest guess is like as an adult male currently living Best my guess, life, Mr. Sulu. Mr. Sulu? I would not be watching it because I don't really watch anything. I'm so like out of it as far as like what what you people watch are like watching. the Star Wars movies and you've seen at least a handful of the Marvel movies. I've seen all of them. Uh, I've seen all but like three of the Marvel movies. But that's to my point. I guess uh, television wise, I don't really stay up, stay current on television. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking to someone who has never who's seen one episode of Game of Thrones. Uh, I feel like I want to watch that with you now. Don't. I'm going to start a whole other podcast where I make you watch the things that I want to watch. You want you to watch. It's a terrible idea. Uh, this was a terrible idea. Oh, <laughs> this was. I mean, we were going to do an abbreviated hail bag. So and you we're don't have 23 a, minutes into the show. Continue. You don't have a flat uh, answer of yes or no. I don't. It's very hard to say, but my instinct is I would not be watching no. it because of just the the. Um, uh, just how I watch things now. Do you have them? This guy. Oh, gosh. Terrifying. Right? You know, it's also like the, the, the terrible costumes of the time and Andy's makeup. Andy's reacting to the uh, Ewok movie bad guy. Um, almost makes them somehow more believable because it's just an inhuman, unmoving, yeah. plasticky face. Yeah. Um, Whereas now in CG, they're so moving and everything that it's kind of like, well, and I know that that's a cartoon. You know, it's not a real thing. It's horrifying. Um, Anyway, I have one more thing, which is a prime corrective. I'm going to play your theme with Riker's Bone at the end. Okie dokie. Time for retrospectives. Truth is our objective. It's a prime corrective because Matt Mandy got it wrong. Um, this was in regards to a question. Oh, and if you've had. emailed us regarding best of both worlds, uh, part one, we're going to do those hails for during part two. So correct. Um, this is from Craig Howe. Phasers at full spread. Hey, Matt and Andy. Hello, Matt and Andy. First time writer, long time listener. Just wanted to chime in with this. A few episodes ago, this is why I put it in this one because it's not best of both worlds related. Mm-hmm. Can't be bothered trying to find which one. You guys talk a lot. Hey. Back off, buddy. Uh, Andy asked Matt. I never whether... know in your inflection if you're the person or you're you. Okay, hang on. Because a you like yeah. get into this tone. Okay. Uh, 
A few episodes ago, I can't be bothered. Okay, that's Andy. That's you. No, that's not me. Yeah, I was no, doing him. Andy, that was no, that's you. his voice. You're doing, you're, that, my hey, voice is on. beautiful and, and <laughs> calm and smooth. My voice <laughs> like is beautiful. Like taking a nice dip in a warm lake. Oh, um, that does sound nice. Let's thanks. do it, buddy. Me um, and you, night swimming. We'll play that REM song <laughs> and we'll just fucking just go. That is a bad image to put in these poor people's we'll heads. We'll let the moonlight be our guide. <laughs> Andy asked Matt whether a phaser could could be f- configured to hit a larger, um, more spread out area instead of a tight beam. Matt said no. I did not. Why would I say no? Because right, how do I know the you. answer now? But in that moment, I did not know the answer. You can do a widespread on a phaser. All right. Uh, anyway, that's what I. That's that's. The I knowledge accept I that correction. And currently have, but none continue. Of, none of the three of us, including the writer, know what episode we're talking about. I accept your answer that you didn't say this. However, no, no, no. I'm saying I very well could have said this but it's weird to me because I know the answer to that contrarily we had a very meta conversation before this even began that if we ever hear a podcast that we've been on we have the same thought of like "Uh, I would say this and then we hear ourselves say the thing Yeah, Yeah. it's very weird it's a very strange uh, way to go through life um, however in uh, this is what this is Craig again um, however, uh, and well, Andy, Boyd, why are you saying however? No, that's not my voice. <laughs> that's totally. This your is voice, my though. voice. My voice is annoying in this way, not this way. Why is Craig saying that his voice <laughs> is annoying in one way, and then you're saying not this way? Jesus. <laughs> however, in Voyager uh, episode uh, season one, episode thirteen, Cathesix. Tuvok gets possessed by an alien being, trains his phaser on the bridge, and tells the crew that he has to set it on full spread and will shoot them all at once. If anyone moves against him, he ends up doing it and stuns everyone. So you can spread that thing out, much like the two of you spread out a recap of a 45-minute TV episode into a three-hour conversation. Thanks, guys. Look, you're the one who signed up for this, sir. It's true. Hit the subscribe button, guys. We need a subscribe button. I guess that's our Patreon. It's on any any device they're listening to us on, you can subscribe. I know this is going to upset you, Matt. Not as much as Bo was just upset by probably the mailman. Yeah. Yeah. Does the mailman have any thoughts? I don't know. What's the matter? For me? Yeah. What were you saying is going to upset me? I'm letting Bo bark. I don't oh. really care. The, the Now would be when we would do the face group, and every time we do it, we go, oh, we didn't, I don't know. Were we doing the face group? What's happening? <laughs> You always have a weird moment. <laughs> Where I forget to look at the face group yeah. recently. Yeah. Well, honestly, the my favorite thing, I think, had to have come out of there. Actually, John Cooley sent it to me uh, this morning, which is... Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, you got to play the face group theme. I'm going to play it right now. Oh, wait. Come this is the wrong one. Where's the new one? I'm just going to play this one in the meantime. (laughs) Drop the the. Oh, nice. Just Facebook. Then drop the book and add group. Just Facebook. It's cleaner. Shit. Oh, there you go. Uh, My favorite thing was actually by Kyle Barker this week on the face group. Face group shout out to Kyle Barker. And it is uh, this meme featuring myself, which is me saying, here it is, the famous, famous line, followed by Patrick Stewart with the line, magnify. That's right. It was <laughs> one of the inadvertently 
funniest moments uh, on this podcast. <laughs> he was about to say we had engaged the Borg. Yes. And that Matt jumped the gun. That's what I thought he was saying. I forgot that he said that he was, uh, you know. He says magnify. Yes. A lot of people watching uh, Trekkies in preparation. Uh, Amjad Khan is watching it. Thank you. I hope you're on board for the for the breakdown we do. Happy anniversary to uh, Mike Mann and his lovely wife. Oh, very happy. Uh, there's a poll about uh, gender regarding Shelby. <laughs> it's very interesting. I think we, you know, Mike Mann had said uh, his life wouldn't be complete because he does endless uh, beautiful photoshops of us. He said it wouldn't, his life wouldn't be complete until I photoshopped him in something. And uh, I, I, I thought I stepped over the line, but I photoshopped myself. On him and his uh, his wife's uh, child's face, because those are that's the level of weirdness that all of his <laughs> all of his stuff has. But uh, he seemed delighted. Oh, Mike Mann also post. I love how Matt had to talk Andy down from calling Best of Both Worlds the best episode of TV ever. There's What's yours? Of- which I yeah, I will probably get into that a little bit more. I feel and, like that's whole a whole bonus pod. In the best what's of all the worlds, be, what's the best episode of television? But I have to, I have to say that this Mike Feeney Jack McMorrow debate that's going on in here between Faulty Hour, Faulty Towers, the Germans, and the Hotel Inspector episode are two of the best things I've ever seen on television, and uh, I love that those are two things that just got brought up. Wait a minute, what's the one with? Uh, the old lady mm-hmm. and he ends up hiding in the closet and then Manuel um, at the end you know the one I'm talking about? I think and so. And he wins money on a on a race and Oh right and he doesn't tell he doesn't, uh, Yeah. Oh what episode is that? I don't know. Uh, it's not Basil the Rat it's not the Germans it's not the the fucking the hotel inspector I watched that I know so many, so many times. Anyway, face group, you're wonderful, uh, and uh, thank you. If you'd like to join the face group, please do so. You can go to Facebook.com uh, and just type in Star Trek The Next Conversation, and you'll be directed there. And uh, that, of course, is uh, headed by uh, Chief Petty Officer Rob Garrison, who has just done a fantastic job of moderating and keeping everybody on topic, guys. It's a fun place to go talk about Star Trek and this podcast. But mostly this podcast. You're smiling at something. I'm trying to find the episode, and it's really fighting me on it. It keeps showing the I know nothing part, but it's not. Uh, it's not, because that is one of the greatest episodes of television ever. I mean, they're all fucking good. They're all. The Waldorf salad, like, it's just, like, endlessly sure. amazing. Yeah, or I'll bust your ass. Those two, f- oh, God, they're geniuses. Um. Anyway, uh, but, you know, as I, it's really, I think that's a whole, maybe that's a whole bonus pod at some point. I mean, it's so hard to just do. Just thinking of it. Well, obviously, can't, like, it's know, all subjective and it, insane, totally, but, totally subjective. And, uh, like, saying what, what is the best movie of all time, you know, there's so many answers. I almost wonder, though, if it would be easier uh, because this is the thing about Best of Both Worlds because you raised the question, well, are you judging as a complete story? And I'm saying, what if you were just judging it as an episode? And I think that almost reduces it. It's like Lost, in my opinion, was a trash fire by the end. It was so 
enraging. I was screaming obscenities at the TV. But that pilot, as many people pointed out after I raised this issue in the first place, that pilot is possibly one of the greatest episodes of television that has ever been. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. It's an interesting... It's an interesting question. Well, Andy, if only we had some sort of outlet to discuss these kinds of things. Uh, I mean, who's just going to listen to us yammer about our opinions about, uh, you know, uh, somewhat uninformed opinions? Well, hopefully people like uh, like uh, Gabe Croner. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, that's my way of getting us out of the face group and into the episode. Oh, wait, I have a thing for the, I, I know. For the face group. The episode of Faulty Towers is communication problems. Ah. Episode one of season two. Is that when the arrival she's of in the, the guest from hell, Mrs. Rich? No, the guest from hell, Mrs. Richards, a rather deaf, dotty, and bad-tempered woman, interferes with Basil's attempts to prevent the money he won on a race Basil. from Basil. Basil Sorry. Faulty. I have a problem with what? With one of your favorite characters' names? <laughs> I don't know. I I I have a problem with. Um, That's true. You do always say Frazier Cron. Minor. <laughs> <laughs> Minorly dyslexic. That would be, you know, then I'd be able to explain all of my stupidity. Stop looking for excuses for your pure laziness. It's possible. Um, attempts to prevent the money he won on a racehorse from being discovered uh, by Cybul. Cybul. I'm just kidding. Uh, who disapproved of gambling. Oh my God, Cybul in that? Um, I, also, I apologize if I just said anything offensive to anyone with dyslexia. Um, you're wonderful and intelligent people. I don't know how to get myself out of that one. Well, look, hi, guys, we say a lot of things on here. We don't mean everything, and uh, we apologize if we've offended anyone who might be leaving reviews. Anyway, back to us discussing Oh, Trekkies. so then the last thing I just wanted to say was uh, oh. we have, uh, if you want to send us a voicemail, 816-TREK-TNC. Our Instagram and our Twitter is at Star Trek TNC. The gentleman across from me is at Matt Myra. My Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. My Twitter is at Secunda. Uh, and for direct tales, you can uh, email us at sttncpod uh, at gmail.com. <laughs> That was a little bit of a trash fire itself. Well, in uh, large part due to me. So we're only 36 minutes in. No, that's not that bad for us. (laughs) (laughs) On an episode that we're not doing an episode of Star Trek, I think it sure is. What do you mean? Shouldn't it be be more jam-packed at the beginning? We're not going to have as much to say about this one. I disagree. I have plenty to talk about. All right. Anyway. Prove me wrong, pal. Done. Oh, wait. I gotta get the other thing. <laughs> you wanted me to do the... Uh, you don't have that on your computer? I should have just emailed it, huh? No, yeah, you should have emailed it. Uh, yeah. Sorry. How do you want to get into it? What? You're the one oh, that I wanted usually to do get us up. into yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, okay, guys. Today we are talking about the film Trekkies, which is a documentary that came out in 1999 that was directed by Roger Nigard. And uh, I don't know who... I mean, really, just, you know, when you're dealing with a documentary, I suppose the writer is really the director and the editor. So uh, 
big ups to them but you're not listed right here on this thing i'm looking at so andy tell us a little bit more well about the, uh, what was happening back then the hit that was uh, sweeping the nation was ricky martin's living la vida loca oh uh, may of 1999 everybody how catchy um winner of all my children diva susan lucci claimed the elusive daytime Evie, emmy finally her first win after oh, a record 19 nominations insane Former kid star Dana Plato intentionally overdosed on pain-killing drugs. What a downer. Uh, let's see. There's a few downers in there. My favorite thing in that, Andy, is that John John Henson announced he was leaving Talk Soup. I was a big John Henson Talk Soup fan. Crazy. Here's a here's a little sci-fi tidbit. Uh, ticket sales for the Phantom Menace dipped to 12.3 million Thursday. That's interesting. After a huge Wednesday. I guess that's true. Um, 28.3 million. Daredevil Robbie Knievel jumped a record 228 feet. <laughs> um, I'm just scanning through this. Sure. So it's it's clear to, uh, to the audience that that's what's happening. I don't know. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> oh, Ricky. Um, do you want me to do the uh, the summer? Uh or sure. should we just do it next week? We'll just do it next week. That's fine with me. We'll have to remember to do it. He put so much work into it. He put, you know. Matthew Kirk gave us a summer of uh, 1990, um, you know, as 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 everyone was desperately waiting for the for uh, Best of Both Worlds Part 2 to come out. Uh, there you go. So this is just, the, I'm going to have to read Larry Nemechek that somehow did not include this in his uh, Next Generation Companion Revised Edition Trekkies. Apparently it's non-canonical. Uh <laughs> So we're talking about Trekkies and just the logline on uh, Amazon. Denise Crosby of Star Trek The Next Generation hosts this often hilarious documentary about the Star Trek fan-nomenon. Here we go, everybody. It is something I watched a ton. It's going to be Captain's Log. <laughs> Captain's Log, start date 1999. This is like at the peak, the peak, peak, peak powers of Star Trek, as far as I am concerned, which was the around the release of First Contact Mm -hmm. when it had um, you know it was uh, the 25th anniversary was happening it had you know this was like when they put the Vegas uh, Trek experience in around this time Um, you know it just it's it's very when did that close it closed in 2008 I wonder when I oh okay so then what (coughs) relatively recently that I missed my opportunity yeah I went the last weekend uh, so purposefully. Dumb. Purposefully. I'm so dumb. I mean, I wouldn't have appreciated it the way that I would appreciate it now, but yeah. It was, again, I've talked about it before and I'll talk about it again. Truly, truly one of the greatest things I've ever experienced in my life. Now, here's Trekkie, so let's, let's, let's get into it. Okay. The answer powwows and I'm into the Indian way of life and things, and I'm also a Trekker. It's the greatest feeling in the world, and I do it about 30 to 35 to 40 times a year to walk out on stage and to feel that love that just pours right out at you and it's just fans i've been a fan i grew up with it so i couldn't help but be a fan (laughs) this is the andorian ambassador ed mark and i am guard number 20 uh, number 48 i want to know why their andorian antennae have red blinking lights on them I give them low points for accuracy. It's true, making they're trying to make it more spacey. <laughs> the the 
this movie for me, I, I watched it. I, I got to tell you, I, I also follow up to that. I watched it a ton, and there's like a good chance that I was at one of the conventions they were at because I think they went to a Boston one, and I think I was at it. Mm. And I and I looked for a little uh, fat me running around in the background. I did not find me. In 1987, I auditioned for a show called Star Trek The Next Generation. Now, I must admit that I went to this audition with some hesitation. I mean, after all, it was a rehash of a cult status sci-fi series. My show used to be on that lot. it had a profound effect on the original cast members' careers. But since I was unknown, unemployed, and unclear as to where any of this was headed, I went. What I didn't know was that I was becoming part of something much larger than just a new TV series. I was becoming part of a phenomenon. Uh, some of the B-roll choices they make in this are very confusing to me. Like, some of those shots of the Paramount lot where they're, like, looking up at the, um, at, like, the pump. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why? Why? Why are you? Why is that something you're showing me right now? It was harder to get B-roll footage back. Well, then. I don't understand. They're clearly allowed on the lot, uh-huh. <laughs> and you have, you know, an engaging person speaking. Like I don't know what the need of the B-roll was. It's just very uh, uh, nitpicky because that's what we do. It's a podcast. You know, it's one of these. Uh, it's not. Tra- it's not talk track or trek talk, but it's very close. You, like car talk? No, I'm talking about the radio show oh, that see. is featured in this. Where what, like, what is the distinction between them and us? Not zero. Zero. <laughs> gotcha. I mean, they use Star Trek to frame conversations. We use Star Trek as an excuse for conversations. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so here's, here's, uh, here's Gabe. Good old Gabe Croner. Yeah. Who... Uh, delighted me to no end in my youth uh, just because he's just the perfect kind of nerd to me yeah in the sense that is uh he's got a little bit of, a little bit of shag going in the back of his hair it's almost a mullet it is it's almost not a really mullet. yeah you know he tucks his t-shirts in you know he's that kind of nerd yeah. and he collected the same action figures i did but here he is so. Pick up my new tailor-made star trek first contact uniform to wear tomorrow hey travis hey gabriel you doing? Come on in. Uh, so Linda dropped it off. Uh, yes, she did. This is the uniform to be featured in Star Trek: First Contact. Linda Thuringer, our club's captain and Garrick impersonator. <laughs> let's just let's just get to that right now. Okay. Is he saying our club's captain and Garrick impersonator? Now, here's a question, and maybe someone out there can answer it. Gabe, if you're listening, I hope you are. Uh, does That'd is he just That'd making a great a, interview? Is he just making a very like a funny Star Trek joke? saying that she's a Garrick impersonator in the sense that Garrick was the tailor. He had a tailor shop on Deep Space Nine. Oh, or that must be what he's does saying. does she... No way. Does she fucking <laughs> go in full Cardassian makeup and be a Garrick impersonator? I assume it's the former, but I guess anything's possible with, <laughs> this, with is, this microcosm. But he is doing some... This is, uh, by the way, what I feel like happens at a novos when john gets back prototypes yeah he's like no 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 you were saying john is in touch with this gentleman john is he's apparently gabriel goes to the cons a lot and uh he john had thought that he introduced me to him and i said no no 
I would remember that because it would be more, it'd be almost more of an exciting moment for me than Frakes. He must, (laughs) he must have, he must be at every single one, right? Well, there aren't as many as there used to be. Well, he must be at the Vegas one. Yeah, he was, he was, but I didn't, I didn't meet him. I would have remembered him. He was on Beat the Geeks too. Here's an interesting. Star Trek geek. I don't know how to get at this in a in a um, I don't know I don't know if what I'm about to say is offensive what part of the spectrum are we all on it's not that his voice yeah his characterization he's 14 yeah so his mannerisms his voice it's like a he is a child pretending to be an adult but I find the classic nerd voice is generally, even when they're adults, a child voice pretending to be an adult voice. Like, even after they have adult voices, I don't, it sounds like they're children pretending to be adults. I don't... Oh, so you're saying that he... Which like is, the, using, the, which is the, 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 the enunciation and everything that he is doing right yes, now. Yes. Using, using a verbiage that's almost like trying to sound like a professor. But it's well, I mean, in, here's the here's I think what it is is that, like nerds read a lot. Like it's not just intelligence though. It's like another step of of uh, I don't know what the word is. I mean, I'm guilty of writing dialogue like that. Sure, that, well, we're that, comedy writers. That, we overwrite everything. No, but yeah, it's just like words that like these characters would never say. It's like I don't I don't even know if it's just that. Like a henceforth or a two. You know, it's like just these words that are just like. Yes, that's in my brain, and that's something that I want to put down, but no one would actually say that. It's like the classic nerd uh, parody is the comic book guy. And I feel like it's not just the the uh, the elaborate verbiage. It's that there's like almost a kid slant to his voice. Well, he's 14. But he is a kid, for sure. <laughs> but he's, try- he's talking is there, like... Are there anybody, is there anybody else in this I'll keep an that, eye uh, I'll has keep that an sort eye. of... But I feel like it's a basic thing, and I find it an odd affectation that nerds have. Well, we are nerds. We are nerds, and I don't know that so, I don't do the same thing. Exactly. Guys, I'm, we're all one of you. Sure, sure, certainly. But back to my previous thing. This is what I imagine John does when he gets back prototypes from manufacturers. I have a couple minor quibbles, like uh, the red stripe here. In the actual movie, it's going to be about half this thickness, but she can change that easily. And the lines running across here are more prominent in the actual versions, but then again, she can just do some top stitching there. She wanted to take the legs down a bit. I don't see why. But overall, fantastic. This is going to be the level of detail this this kid and now man has at this age uh, on the effects on the costuming, and he now he's doing effects for something. Yeah, he went on. He's a visual effects. uh, I don't know, visual effects artist. When you show when he shows the effects he's he's doing on on a fan level, it's astonishing. Well, not only that, but on a computer in 1996 no shit like that's crazy it's really impressive um ooh, he's already got the new delta on that uh, on that on that uh uniform that a, it's a voice or delta does. right well or is that a no, first contact a, delta? it's a first contact delta i see that became a voyager delta gotcha i might have that wrong and someone's gonna tell me it's wrong i gotta tell you i don't like the design on that delta uh you, i like it simple you prefer Simpler. the first one yeah yeah I get you. 
Uh, I hope so, because I'm um, 14, I'll be 15 in June. Another year after that, I'll be getting my license. It's the Roddenberry. I wish you could fly. I'm ready to go to another planet, I'll tell you that much. Obviously, someone never grew out of the 1960s. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in vans, that's for sure. We're going to put a laser beam on the front, so when we're driving on a foggy day, we can shoot like a 1,000-foot beam. Did they ever get that beam put on? Well, they must have, right? These people don't did, quit on a did, dream. Did did Gabe ever get a hold of that truck? I have so many questions. Yeah. So many questions that may never be answered. All right. Did you... Uh, you have a time code written down there. Did I miss it or... I think I it? already covered it. All right. I think the detail is also Urkel is another comparison I have of the voice. That uh, It's interesting. Like, uh, it's, a, it's certainly a stereotype, but it also is accurate to a certain subsegment. And also I would say well, I mean I think like, it was truer in this time and now I think because of awareness and media and the internet uh, people are more savvy. They're more savvy about how to present themselves even if they're like us nerds. Interesting. I could be wrong. It's a theory. Well, why aren't you playing a jingle? <laughs> I don't know the Can you not have an Andy's theory for a documentary? I don't think it counts as that oh, kind right. of theory. Uh, which I do as sort of a hobby. I uh, study graphic design and I enjoy drawing. Uh, and I also enjoy drawing the uh, Star Trek people. One of our charters in the Federation Alliance is to perform community service. And as commanding officer, I'm the role model for my crew. And so I felt it was necessary and a good decision for me to wear my uniform. For more than a week, everybody's seen the picture of Barbara Adams. And each morning there seemed to be more and more reporters because they were waiting to see if I was going to come in my uniform. And it got to the point where it was just a wall of cameras, tripods, reporters, and I would literally have to walk all the way around them just to get to the door because they would not move. What was the case? Whitewater. That was Whitewater. My brother had a picture of her on our refrigerator for two months walking out of the courtroom in uh, Arkansas. And one of the newspapers had reported that every day I would walk past the reporters with a Vulcan-like stoicism. Wow. So <laughs> they don't know how close they actually hit the mark. Because usually, before all this brewed up, I would always come to these conventions and our appearances as a Vulcan. I mean, look, if you're going to identify with the race or of, of uh, Trek aliens, sure. I think the Vulcan, a, a stoic, logical being, seems to fit uh, the commander over here who's in charge of uh, paper, Yep, I believe. It's like Dunder Mifflin before there was a Dunder Mifflin. Warner Hog. That's I the most I should say. logical of uh, like she, she speaks. She speaks like a, like a, like a sure. Vulcan. To me. It's interesting that she made herself a commander and not a captain. <laughs> I liked that, too. I think it made some more legitimate somehow. I liked that uh, it was, uh, you know, it's the whole thing of like, oh, I don't want that responsibility. <laughs> I mean, honestly, oh, she probably... people coming to you all the time. She probably saw Best of Both Worlds and was like, you know what? I like how Riker doesn't want his own ship. Yeah. That's me. Right. I don't want my own ship. Yeah. But I do want to be in charge of everybody below the captain. <laughs> And so I went to a civic duty. What we do is community service. I was performing my civic duty. I wore my uniform just as any other officer in the military would wear theirs. I came to meet the stars. Is that true? Do do officers in the military, when they go to jury duty, wear their uniform? They're welcome to, I suppose. It seems like they wouldn't, but what do I know? I think they'd come in whatever 
I mean, it's a good way to get dismissed I guess her off argument, a jury, depending on what the case is, right? Uh-huh. It's a good way to get dismissed off a jury, depending on what the case <laughs> is. You know what I mean? True. It's like, yeah. oh, well, we don't, you know, for the guy in uniform over there, and this is a this is a case involving, so da, 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 let's get him out. Yeah. Or her. Anyway. See a different side of the stars, the personal side. While I was in Florida, Ruth Ann presented me with this belt buckle on my 138th birthday. <laughs> now, now then, everything, every, every time I see someone, they say, you know, you look so much younger in person. <laughs> First one. Just crushing with their banter, these guys. Sure. I mean, it's, it's a pretty honed. So, Scotty was, uh, so James Doohan was saying 30 to 35 yeah, it's appearances most, most a year? Most a year, I suppose, right? What, what else is going on? Where are all the other conventions? What do you mean, what else is going on? There was a convention every weekend at this time. And there isn't All anymore. over the country. Like, they would be in Boston two or three times a year. There's not anymore. No, not that I know of. I mean, I could be just missing the notifications, but I don't think that's the case anymore. Is it because it's more effective to can make them condense? Like, why not? Why were there more then and not as, not as many now? There was a demand and there isn't now. Oh, the demand has dropped off. Oh, I, I think way down. I don't think Star Trek is nearly as popular as it was then. Oh, I did, that's not my sense. They certainly are talking in this... Di- I mean, this is obviously a long time ago, but... It's 20 years ago. But they were talking about it because it was... At the end, they sort of give a wrap-up where they say, you know, we kept thinking it would drop off, it would drop off, and it, and for 30 years it didn't. So you're saying it finally dropped off. I think it has dropped off. I think there are now more more... It's not... I just think that there aren't specific Star Trek conventions as much anymore. Uh-huh. There are plenty of conventions. Like, there's plenty of Comic-Cons. There's, like, Phoenix Comic-Con, Dragon-Con, and, uh, you know, uh, Emerald City Comic-Con, and, you know, there's so many conventions throughout the year. There is a convention every weekend for nerdy shit, but there's not a Star Trek convention every weekend. Oh, is but that back maybe then, the reason? Is that it's become fragmented? That it's like... No, no, it was more fragmented then. I'm saying now it's more like a buffet of nerd stuff instead of a specialized course. I see. So the so this so the Star Trek cons have just been swallowed up into say Comic Con. Yeah. Gotcha. Comic Cons and such. Interesting. Yeah. Is Star Trek, in your perception, amongst the cons, still the biggest con outside of the the big collection cons like Comic Con and Dragon Dragon Con? You know what I'm saying? No. Oh, is like the Las Be- Vegas Comic Con? Is I'm the Las Vegas Star below Trek? the things that are like this is everything. Um, below those cons, is Star Trek still the franchise that has the biggest cons? Well, you know, you got to think of like celebra- Star Wars Celebration, uh-huh. which happens at Disney, um, and those are Almost, those are massive. Might not, I might not. I guess I hear you that that you would have to include that, but to me, that's almost like doesn't count because it's such a it's so attached to the publicity for the movies at this point. Yeah, but it was going on even before. They owned it. Was it? Yeah. And it was that big? It was huge. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. It was always huge. Correction. But they would, just, they would just so happen to be at the theme park. And Star Wars was bigger than, um, in, in, in terms of those cons than Star Trek cons. I mean, those Star Wars celebrations were just massive. They were in theme parks. So I don't, I don't, I don't have the numbers, but I have to probably guess that Star Wars is more popular than Star Trek. Very good. 
Because, you know, look at the Star Trek box office and look at the Star Wars box office. I guess what I'm saying, though, is I feel like, uh, speaking as a Star Wars fan, Star Wars fans generally do not have the intensity of Star Trek fans. They're not as smart. (laughs) I don't disagree. I disagree with that heartily. I I don't. I know. Honestly, I think like, you know, Star Wars inspires people to get into more fantasy. And Star Trek inspires people to become astronauts. Certainly more of an engineering (laughs) mind that might be uh, drawn to Star Trek. And I will fight anyone who says otherwise. Whatever the case, my 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 point is that uh, I feel like they're more uh, they're just a little bit more casual about it. Is my vibe, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Well, I mean, than Star Trek fans who are more like this is my way of life. Well, Andy, you you were at the Phantom Menace premiere with Conan. Like, yeah, those were these people for Star Wars were there. Fair. Fair. Like it's just like we're watching this documentary, which is looking at these people. Yeah. So if you had done it for Star Wars, you can do it. You know, this you could do Star Wars version of Trekkies, no problem. You've convinced me with my own with my with own your own piece. life experience. Yes, my own life experience. You've convinced me that we're all equally passionate and nerdy. <laughs> yes. That I did. Um, I think was around seventy two. Um, what a charming guy this love guy is. Kelly, come to New York. They had done one convention first, and I think it wasn't really a convention. They got together with about 35 or 40 or 50, the way I heard this, this story, of fans of Star Trek that just wanted to get together and talk about the show, which they did. And they said, you know, why don't we put our money together and rent a hotel ballroom? and talk about our mutual interests and show each other what we have collected so far in the way of tapes or paraphernalia or photographs. If we could get 300 people to attend, we could we could pay for it. And I thought, they're inviting me to New York? They're, they said they're willing to pay expenses and, you know, fly me there and put me up in a hotel. I thought, these people are foolish. <laughs> Everybody still looks great, even though this is the late 90s. This is like two years after Star Trek VI. That's what you have to remember. Oh, I gotcha. Well, not two. That's foolish. It's like five years after six. 4,000 people showed up, and it was absolutely wild then. They had to call the fire department into the hotel to let them in in increments. Everything came to a dead stop. It was jam-packed with humanity. The revolving doors couldn't revolve. The escalators refused to, to operate anymore. The elevators stopped working. And the din out there was, indicated that it was more than 30 people. The woman went on stage and introduced me, and I stepped out, and the place exploded in applause. And then they were hanging out of the balcony. It was like a, a bunch of overage Beatles for us, you know, of me being there. There was hardly a chance to speak because every word created a roar. Every time somebody opened their mouth to say hello, it created a roar, a wall of emotional sound hit you. And we were all kind of taken aback and, uh, and, and moved and touched by it because it was this tremendous affection, this tremendous affection. And now there is a Star Trek convention there are Star Trek conventions somewhere every weekend all over the world. 
Uh, there's the Pasadena Con right there. Oh, I didn't know there was a Pasadena Con. Is that ongoing or is that no, no longer? No, These are all, Andy, you're, you're just looking at a window. Why don't you believe me when I say these just, don't happen anymore? I don't know. It just seems so strange to me that it would have dropped off like that. Why? I don't know. I feel like... I mean, do you feel like... It's because we do a Star Trek podcast, but it really feels yeah, like it's alive to I me. I know. It, that's because we do a Star Trek podcast. <laughs> it's crazy. It's so But also, funny. Discovery's You're rolling again. You're in a whole other planet. And they're doing the movies. You know, stuff's happening. Uh, yeah, I know, but like, it's not stuff that and is... And nerd culture is at its zenith. Which is what Comic-Cons do now. Uh uh, I mean, I don't know. I, you've got a computer right there. Why don't you Google Star Trek conventions and maybe you can get a, some figures for us. Okay. Because, uh, you know, when I type in Star Trek convention, mm. it doesn't even give me the option to pluralize it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So let's let's follow Gabriel in here uh, into this uh, con with this crazy music. There are ones where Surely 40, July 6th to 8th, Florida Supercon. And that's that's not a general thing. That's it, yeah. All right, Star Trek Las Vegas. Yep. Yeah, oh, you're right. Wizard Con, Dragon Con. Yep. He never believes me, guys. Oh, my gosh. He always has to, like, look it up himself. Guys, it's over. What are we doing? Why <laughs> are we wasting long over? <laughs> Why are we wasting our time with this podcast? If there was podcasting technology... <laughs> Everyone go home. We're closing up shop. If there was podcasting technology available back then, we uh-huh. would have been just... Superstars. You know, would have been ridiculous. We couldn't leave our house, Andy. It'd be crazy. <laughs> But now we do this out of the love of it, and uh, because our fans are just, uh, they demand it. <laughs> I love this moment. Ah, Majel, definitely got to sing Majel. She's on stage right now. She's on stage now? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh I better go. What time is the auction? I don't, I don't see it here. Oh, there it is. Okay. This was worn by John Colicos in which episode? This is fun. Blood Oath. Blood Oath. And this is the uh, the turtle, as they call it. Michael Dorn calls it the great turtle. Um, you know, I remember I remember these auction-y type things that would happen at these conventions. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's fascinating to me because I can't tell if the market has... I can't tell if any of the stuff that was sold for the amounts of money that it was sold for back then are worth any more money. I would love to Because I feel like 1996 to 8 was the peak of the market. And then it's back up to that at this point. I guess, you know, it's probably, it's sort of like this this went for a lot then. Mm -hmm. Then it probably went up. But then I wonder if because of the availability of like, oh, I want a Klingon thing, you have so many options now that you can ease, have easily access to on the internet that it went down again because of that. Yeah. Although I was recently following all the Disney stuff and went to the to the Disney um, exhibition. With that's, that's from Disney, which was amazing. And um, just some of that stuff was going for... I mean, that was from actually from Disneyland, but even stuff that's posters and advertisements and stuff were going for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, uh, I know some people who bought some stuff. And, oh, what uh, did they buy? Uh, Franchelli bought one of the Small World Clockmen. Oh, nice, good purchase. Yeah, 
turtle head. There's um, speed bumps. Uh, there's Whoopi Goldberg says old intestine head. And um, <laughs> the other one I heard is uh, Whoopi Goldberg's funny. Rocky Mountains. That's a that's the latest one. Here is the opening. Look at how handsome this. this guy is. How come he even never did did more work outside of Wharf? Didn't have to. He just was more have to for years sure, but and years and years and years. I guess that might have blocked out a lot of his career. He has more money than everybody because he did more episodes than everybody. Oh, because of DS9? Yeah. yeah. He did seven seasons of Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, he which went from one right into yeah. the other. He never had and he was a regular, unlike O'Brien, who right. was not a regular on season, se- on season one through five of Oh, oh but he was on DS9. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't get ser- series regular money the entire time. Yeah. You well, the way I mean? he presented in this... In this? Or was it? Oh, I guess I must have watched that separately. I watched a clip of of uh, Colm Meany, but basically saying that to a certain degree he enjoyed not being a regular because he could go and do other projects. Of course, yeah. Five hundred dollars. We've got a five hundred dollar bid, and it's there. That's a to battle a between Klingon. a man in a Klingon five costume. Did you see the uh, woman back there in the Leia slave costume behind him? <laughs> no. Like confusing genres. She's. Back there. Six hundred. Do I hear six fifty? Six fifty. I was, by the way, surprised this went for that much. Back then. Do you think that they were influenced by the fact that there was a camera there? A little bit. I yeah. think he's dressed as a Klingon and wants to take home the piece of Klingon history. One thousand dollars. The one guy's so quiet and what? polite. This guy's like so mean. And the other guy's so Klingon y. Yeah. 1200. <laughs> like, yeah. 1200. Why aren't you doing more? Okay, Wasn't he doing more of a voice there? dollars. $1,300. $1,400. Going once. $1,400. Going twice. $1,400. Sold in a body. <laughs> Like who stares him down? <laughs> I was bidding on the headpiece, and um, it, the price started getting up to the point where I really wasn't interested in paying that much. That Klingon wa- really wanted he it. He really wanted that headpiece, yes. So, how badly did you want it? I, I wouldn't have left without it. It's a little bit of history that I'll preserve. I collect the items when I can get them. And they're wonderful to have. It's uh, they're definitely one of a kind items. Everything. We- um, I wonder what his collection is like. How extensive? Yeah, I mean, if he's going to conventions all the time, it's uh, it's really. What's the one item you would want? Uh, we've discussed this, haven't we? Probably. We've done um, and I a billion don't episodes. No, I don't know if there's an actual great answer. You know, I think I'd want the model for the original series enterprise the one that's in the smithsonian yeah <laughs> all right all right i'll pull back i want uh captain kirk's original chair <laughs> where's that <laughs> uh that was thrown out what? and then recovered oh yeah uh it was donated to ucla and then thrown out and then someone found it in the trash so hilarious we don't need this 
and I think I'm it's, getting rid of this. I think they'll. I think they. Charlie, have, do we need this? That sci-fi museum, I think, is. Uh, yeah, throw it out. No one's gonna sit in that. It looks uncomfortable. <laughs> it does look uncomfortable. But you sure it's not part of an exhibit or something? No, it says clearly here. It's uh, it's part of that show. It shows canceled. We don't. We, what do you need? What are these buttons on here? They don't do nothing. It's fake. All right. God damn it! You've been working on this lot for how many years? You don't know everything's fake. All right. Throw it out. Next to that Maltese Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> but it's called Millennium Falcon. No, really. no, no. It's a millennium. This is the. This is oh. 1970. Oh wait, you're right. We don't have that yet. There is a Maltese Falcon right next to it. That's 1970. There's one. I don't know when you were dating this. Well, I was doing. We were the guys. I think Brandon Braga right. has one of the voices I'm talking about. Let's listen. About ten, what? Ten years. Almost the whole run of, of since the beginning of... He also wears jackets in the office for no reason. He's my kind of guy. Next Generation has been sending something in the mail every day to Star Trek. Every day. The funny thing is it has nothing to do with Star Trek. He sends us travel brochures. Um, and that's all he sends. And postcards talking about where he traveled where he travels or sometimes he describes well, don't you think this guy sounds a, a little bit catalog. like Gabe he sent. he's an adult though Something I d- like. honestly don't fully understand what you're talking about alright whatever I, I'm willing but to like I get go. what you're saying about Gabe I feel like if you put Gabe's voice and, and Brandon Braga's voice side by side there there's some similarities uh, I mean if they sound alike or like tone wise I think I can they hear that they both yeah. sound like children pretending to be adults so they're you're, very, you're they're very well is, spoken. What you're saying is you don't like when people try to be well spoken. I don't have a problem with it. What I'm, you're saying is you expect them, you expect to open their trench coat and to see another child underneath and because be wearing a fake mustache because they've been sneaking into <laughs> a movie. I get it. That is exactly right. <laughs> a, a fruit trees and landscaping catalog, Caribbean, Hawaii. I would love to know. By the, the way, backstory I, I wish, I yeah. wish, I wish Star Trek still had an open submission because I would just go off and fucking write one and send it in. You don't need to. You have an inside line. I don't. That staff is very different now. But oh, then what? Then what? Then it was last year. But you still know people, don't you? I mean, you still. What is Michael Shaban doing? He's working on the Picard thing. Yeah. Those posts of his on Instagram are really making me jealous. If you want to, you know, find see a nice read a nice profile of Michael uh, Dory did one a couple years ago. Maybe you can, At she this can point, get us on the show. I enjoy his enthusiasm more. Andy, all you gotta do is try. That's the problem. Ugh. We're both working and not trying. We don't try. That's true. But we still I mean want it. We don't try. At, we try at our job. We don't try. These but because dreams. we have a job, yes. we don't try at other jobs. Yes. I enjoy the shows. I enjoy the conventions. I like dressing up. So let me describe to you: if you've never seen this, what you're what you're hearing right now uh, is a husband and wife duo. Uh, one is dressed in a uh, Wrath of Khan era uh, admiral's uniform. Uh, and the uh, his wife is in a Deanna Troy uh, style uniform, and there's a very uh, fuzzy dog that is also in uniform that is on the lap. And their doors have uh, some etched glass uh, deltas on them. I love dressing her up, but I enjoy his fanaticism. It's contagious. 
And what makes you a fanatic as opposed to a fan? This was good to watch with Dory. I think the fact that I'm so much into it. Oh, when did you watch it with her? I relate to so much of it. uh, Because I I could point and go, look. I don't it's do this. It's more just a casual, <laughs> I enjoy the show, I enjoy the concept. It's I'm really into it. This is the Trek room. This is, you know, my room. I can design it the way I want. I can put what I want in it. This is the other thing I want to say. Spilling yeah. out into the other. What's interesting, this being this long ago, is my take is most of this stuff is kind of crappy, except for Gabe's stuff, which is obviously he's so meticulous like the the standard of fandom authenticity has raised a thousand percent. So if well, you look I mean, at there's so much more information stuff, available, information you know? availability of 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 materials, like everything. Like she's wearing she's wearing uh, the all good things uh, last episode of of TNG Delta. Yeah which I find odd, like an odd choice for her to be wearing this very obscure Delta. Mm-hmm. Uh, areas of the house. <laughs> but also the color this on his uniform is too bright. We've carried the totally. theme in here. And this is this whole, this guy's whole life. Towel set. And those towels are crappy. The, the, the tiles on the wall are crappy. Nothing personal, mister. I, you did a good job. The tile here. We offset it with these three hand-painted Trek tiles, the planets, the Enterprise, and one of the enemy. We asked whether we might visit Cape Canaveral, uh, Nichelle and I, and we peered in one of the portholes, and there were astronauts working in that. They uh, turned around and looked, and they recognized our two faces peering in at them, and you should have seen their eyes light up, and they came scrambling out of that place, And the first thing they did was, can we uh, ask was ask us, can we have your autographs, please? We went there to get their autographs, and they, in turn, were asking us for ours. Star Trek. <laughs> no one speaks like George Takei. No one. No one. So on the planet. delightful. Such a unique, beautiful voice. Uh, what do you think of the uh, dentist office, Andy? If you had gone into the dentist's office uh-huh. and you saw all of this happening, yeah. what would you do? Would you leave the dentist's office? Would you text me and go, you're not going to fucking believe this dentist's office I'm in right now? Yeah, I think it would be that. Certainly, I would text you. Yeah. Would you go through with your procedure? I think I would be a little bit cautious. <laughs> They'd be like, I don't, I don't know. There's a full. I just want this guy to just be a dentist. I don't want him to be in a truck outfit. Also, I don't want it to be a theme it's thing. Fun to come to work. Yeah, it's yeah. different to come to work. You don't know what's uh, what's going to be around every time. Every morning you come in. You want to go to the every girl that said in, no. What's going to be on the? No, who said no? What are you talking about? One of the. Was it here? I think one of the one of the one of his nurses or or attendants or whatever the the dental hygienist they. Uh, he makes makes everybody wear the costume, and she was like, "Nah, I didn't want to wear the costume." And then she's, and then they say, "Well, so did you finally, you finally decided you wanted to wear it or something?" And she was like, "No, he just kept yelling at me to wear it, and I cried, and then uh, I finally wore it." And I was like, "What? This is horrible." I don't remember that. <laughs> it's in here. That's it's crazy. she's a blonde lady. Is that the, it's, it's later than this. Okay. Organon. This is my son, Doug. My wife, Shelly. And my 
daughter, Kayla. We're here in our So this guy, uh, he didn't, dentistry. he didn't name his children, uh, you know, Ops or, or Q. Matt? I'm supposed to do that? Well, name I my kid you, Ops I think Q? you wanted to, and it's interesting that this guy didn't. Oh, I like the name Riker. Riker. It is I think a, it's good, a good, name. good name. I agree. You know, it's, it's got its own island out there where yeah. you put criminals. Riker has been in existence for a long time. <laughs> Is that what you were selling to Dory? <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good to see you. Good to see you. What do you think of his uh, dryer hose? Like, this is the shitty stuff you're talking about, right? Exactly. Like, there's like a dryer your hose whole life, over. Your whole life revolves around this. This is all you're doing. I get it. Okay. You want, you want to live in this world. Put a little elbow grease into it, guy. Yeah. Also, like, what? Why? What, what is this why, outfit? Why is this? What, that's a dress. Is that a uniform. medical outfit? It's a dress uniform. What? Why doesn't he dress like like uh, Crusher? Hmm. That's a good point too. Welcome to Starbase Dental. We originally. Why do you? Why, why make himself he have, a command uniform? He's, he's in sick bay. He's, he's, makes an, no he's sense. got no. He's got an R two unit back here. Like what? Oh, make up this, your mind. I make don't. Up your this, mind. this whole thing. I, I, I don't like any of it. We wanted to go with Star Trek because we find that Star Trek, the episodes are always geared with a moral. They're good doers, and we want to portray dentistry, uh, dentistry or dentists as good doers. So, um, this is reception. Yes. I mean, this guy's got to still have a practice, right? What is he doing now? Why haven't you looked that up, Andy? Do we oh, relax? What's, what do we do? We get his name? Starbase Dental. Uh, Let me look up. Charles. Federation. Hang Blue. on. I've looked. Hang on. I gotta. I gotta find it now. Ways toward uh, stimulating a lot of interest into the space program. Star Trek is a cultural icon, and it's part of the lexicon now. As a psychotherapist, I have Star Trek stuff in my office, and I use Star Trek metaphors uh, that everyone understands, even if they're not a fan. Uh, for example, when I talk about people having a defensive reaction, I talk about the shields going up. And everyone knows what that means, even if they're not a fan. The front part of my office, that is the part that the patients see, is pretty straightforward surgical office. My own private consulting room is just filled with Star Trek stuff. I'm Dennis Borgonon. Borgonon? There you go. He's already got the name. Dennis Borgonon. B-O-U-R-G. Got it. Let's see what this gentleman is up to. You can keep moving through dentistry. I hope he. Uh, I hope he has a thriving like practice. In exchange, if we teach the Borg how to modify their own nanoprobes, they'd have a blueprint to create a weapon to fight the aliens. Cut. When I am asked to go to a hospital, he's a, a dentist, Doctor Borgenon, known as Doctor B, to his patient's employees. Born in the Belgian Congo. Congo. Interesting. He definitely has an accent there. Um, sold the office in Orlando, opened a new practice in Claremont, Florida. Everything was moving at light speed until he vacationed. Blah, blah, blah. Life partner fell in love. Um, he's not beaving around. Wait, he so died. he's this left, is his... he left his wife and found a life partner? Oh, no. Is that what it said? I don't know. Um, is he referring to his wife as his life partner? Now I lost my place. Oh, boy. Sorry. His reading comprehension skills, guys, not, not great. great in real not time. Not great. It's part entertainment, part philosophy, and uh, this part of Star Trek goes unnoticed to most of the public. I have a question. <laughs> I love this. So he's doing this charity thing for, uh, you know, Shatner, one of his big loves. Is of he course, and his is, life partner, uh, Dr. Kristen Kalwara, fell in love. 
Oh, he married a dentist. Yes. That's adorable. Uh, this is his website, though, so there's nothing. But what, he's still practicing is all I was asking. That's what it sounds and like. And was it yes. still Star Trek themed, yes, I guess? it is. So the Yelp, I, I, you know what I'd like? If you could just hop over to Yelp and look up his uh, dentistry office because there'll be photos on Yelp okay. of the office as it stands today. All right. Uh, follow up here. Uh, this is uh, you can stop doing that. Let's get back into this. Um, the this moment here is very douche chill for me. Very uh-huh. cringy for me. Because it's yes, because you have this woman who's asking a question, who seems to just be talking for the sake of talking, and she's asking a question about getting people involved, and then Shatner engages. And it's like such a way that, like, you know, there was never any follow up with any of this. I'll I'll play it so you know. What I'm oh, talking. I know, I know. What Have you're you talking thought about, about actually yeah. talking to school teachers? I'm a school teacher, and talking to schools and getting them to talk to the kids about it. Can, can you help us lunch. organize that? Sure. I teach kindergarten, so sometimes it's a little. <laughs> She's not going to organize her. it. He's not to grasp the concept you don't of know that I do and ethnic diversity so if you have a show like you think Star she just Trek, wanted to have her say a bunch of different- no I think he's just not gonna ever do it wait are you saying it. Shatner's not gonna do anything or she's not gonna Both. do anything? a bunch of different colored people and different types of people all getting along it, it works wonderfully to illustrate that point Star Trek has changed the way that I teach science specifically space science by giving children uh, an immediate frame of reference that they know of, that they can get excited about, it just inspires their imagination. This is something we've been excited about because it's carried on. Having Kate Mulgrew portray the captain on the Voyager. They feel that it's the first time that they can sit down as a family and view a woman in a leadership role as a family without uh, having to carry on a conversation about who's being victimized or what does she stand for. She is so obviously a woman of authority and strength, but she's not a witch with a capital B. You know, she's, she's just a person in authority. Witch I get with a, a capital great deal of B. from women who say that they watch Voyager with their daughters and how good it makes them feel to be able to point to the screen and say, see, you can be anything. And what do you want to do when you grow up? Be an astronaut. May Carol Jemison, first African-American woman in space. She flew on the shuttle, became a scientist first, and then an astronaut because she saw Nichelle Nichols on the original Star Trek series and said, you know what? That's for me. There were two little girls. Um, I mean, it is... It, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to have found Star Trek as I, as I fall onto Gabriel's uh, Star Trek collection here. I'm going to hit play on this. Here is a picture from it. One day I was at home and I get a phone call and uh, Gabriel at the time was six years old and the school calls me up and says would you please come and pick up your son? And I said, well what's the matter? Is he hurt or what? They said, no, uh, he happens to be wearing his uh, Star Trek uniform and his uh, pointed Spock ears and full makeup and I don't think this is the right attire for him to wear at it's school. A Catholic sc- <laughs> it was a Catholic school, too. <laughs> so they made me come and pick him up, which I thought was pretty funny. And it took him years before he really could comprehend that he wasn't supposed to go to school like that. But that's the way life is when yeah, you're six years old. I was wearing my plaid pants and tie. Another interesting thing that... Greatest moment in the history of documentaries. It was quoted at me on Twitter, and I didn't know what it was. Here comes Peter, everybody. Follow up, I'd like to interview Peter. Oh, for God's sakes, I'll get that. I'll get You're the that. one that told me to. Hello? Okay. 
Peter, this is the worst time you could have called. Go away. Okay, bye. <laughs> Endlessly quoted throughout my life. Well, post this movie. Around this entire section here, we have my collection of autographed Star Trek action figures. And over here, I have the collection of the four captains. This Cisco here might look a bit messy because I shaved it with an X-Acto knife because of his new look this season and painted on a goatee with model paint. That is over here, I a fascinating it. moment, I think. That it's, I don't know, what, at it. what point you've done it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Explain it to me. I've, like, taken X-Acto knife and shaved hair off of an action figure. But isn't there, isn't there, wasn't there an awareness even when we were children of, like, well, they'll come out with the next one? Like, why would you need to do that? So you can have it first. <laughs> have it first. Okay. Somewhat of a chart with my data is illustrating the evolution of the uniforms in the past few years. We start out here with uh, data in the first, second season Lycra jumpsuit, which I heard caused the male actor's back problems. Then the uh, third through seventh real? season two-piece uniform. And then the Generations jumpsuit version. And now the uh, gray-shouldered first contact garbs, which of course I am wearing now. I normally dress up as Data. One lady thought that I was Data and came up to me and she had her baby and she kept, she was like, will you, will you touch my baby? I've been asked to uh, bless people. One wanted me to sign the interior of his car. To marry people. <laughs> sign the interior of his car. Uh, let's see here. Oh, the Star Trek cruise. God, there's so much happening. He's around them. Tell me about the passport. It looks like a U.S. passport, but obviously it says United Federations of United Federation of Planets, and we filled it out. It's sort of a thing you pick up at the conventions. He's a Vulcan, according to his passport. Oh man, I had so many packages and stuff. She just got me hooked on the cards. I've just become addicted. But <laughs> you just buy one pack and you're automatically addicted. I've been in printing now for 11 years. I work in the bindery department. A lot of people do think she's strange. And they'll say, well, what kind of... Sir Speedy Print in Arkansas. Still around? <laughs> Andy, I got, you a, is having I got you a mic stand for the very reason that you could use two hands to do anything you need to do. The internet is having issues. What's it called again? Sir Speedy Print in Arkansas? I'm just curious. Does this still exist? Uh, I think it is there. It's closed right now. But <laughs> damn it! It's an issue, you know. Really, and honestly, she's very uh, well-educated and intelligent. She takes her job responsibilities very seriously. She's a good worker, but I think a lot of people think she's not very intelligent, whereas really she is. Bobby is a little bit eccentric but it's a good quality kind of eccentricity. The customers do think it's a little bit strange sometimes, but they get a kick out of it. Everyone's got their, their quirks, and we just work around and with those. <laughs> when I first came into the shop, I was going around meeting everyone and, and getting names and uh, got to Bobby, and, and they said, this is the commander. Commander, do we have enough of that 80-pound rich boss for Tippin's calendar? 
I bet that uh, she didn't need to know the answer to that question. They just needed her to come in and yell commander. Sure. So you don't think she calls her commander that casually? No, I think maybe she does, but there was no uh, emergency. Do they have enough eight-pound test paper for this calendar? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was fascinated that Denise Crosby has a storage facility where she keeps the shit. Wouldn't you? Oh, I would take pictures of all of it. And, and that's then, it? And that's all I need. Good for you. Of a very delightful looking young girl and she said um, you have turned me on so many times I thought I would return the favor (laughs) I capped that one (laughs) I've saved some pretty great stuff I guess it's in her garage these are ink drawings Chekhov, Captain Picard, Savick Dr. Crusher. A woman named Jean Cluge. She drew me in a kind of... Who's the other guy in that picture with her? This is from... Tasha. You don't know. Blowing Rock, North Carolina. Tasha and Sila together again. This is a kind of King Arthur, Knights of the Round Table motif. Sila looking tough. A lot of times kids send me things. Nice Lucite box they send it to me in. This is Tasha done in needlepoint. It is, I think, my favorite. This is a very imaginative pose. At first, I got to tell you, I was actually shocked. And then I kind of really have grown to appreciate it. What was weird to me when I first, when I saw the first one was not just how they got my naked body perfect. I mean, it was a perfect rendition. Mm -hmm. But yours was almost specific. I mean, it it was... Are you you filming? (laughs) Star Trek is unique in that we are the only television show that has an open script submission policy. We will take scripts from anyone in the world. I once had a fan come in dressed in a Starfleet uniform who was calling himself Ensign Jones. And all of his stories, of course, had to do with Ensign Jones. <laughs> That's amazing. control of the Enterprise. Or Ensign Jones um, goes to the Klingon homeworld or, you know, stuff like that. Ensign Jones travels through time. I write I gotta pitch in the stories like original that. Trek genre. You, uh, I don't, because this person's identity is hidden, you know, mm-hmm. their backlit shadow and their yeah. voice is disguised. Do you think that's me? Could it be you, Andy? <laughs> Involving the characters of Kirk and Spock. I write slash that appears on the internet. You're talking about the KS zines. The Kirk-Spock fetish groups. The term means one character with another, like Kirk slash Spock. We thought that either Gene or the studio would put a stop to it, but the studio never really seemed to care because we're talking very small circulations. We're all very normal ladies, mostly housewives. Who want to read sexual stories about Kirk and Spock, but don't want to see them with other women. The mailing list I'm on is uh, completely anonymous. Why is it important that uh, your identity not be revealed? Because of the controversial nature, we're living in a culture that isn't as uh, progressive, so it's important to avoid censure. I write The Secret Logs of Mistress Janeway. This is a story about Mistress Janeway and and how she ties up Ensign Kim and beats Tuvok with a riding crop. That was was rather interesting. Fan made this. He sculpted it out of an (laughs) X-Men figure. Uh... She and I met actually in a. In I a hope these people club. all love the internet at this around. point, like, and are, and are just delighted that they can find everything they ever wanted to find. 
at the touch of a button. A it must be, pirate. right? I, I mean, come on. It's just like... that's. I think that's part of the all reason that All that slash I'm fiction is just like... Confused that there's... Maybe that's the reason there's less conventions. Is you don't have to seek it out. It's, yeah, it's yeah, available everywhere. Yeah. Unless I join this club. So it's meeting people. It's about people. What we do is we usually set up a recruiting table so that we can get new members to join the organization. Recruitment happens every waking moment. Every time you see one of us, either in uniform or out on the street, if our mouth is open and breath comes forth, we're recruiting. We belong to two yeah, they're recruiting international faculty. For this, is a charitable organization? Or I believe they're a charitable okay. club, yeah. This was so interesting to me. This gathering of this club. Yeah. How'd they all find each other? I guess they're all on the internet at this point. It's 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in fact, Gabe, Gabriel says, I'm on the internet when asked, how does he know so much about these action figures? Um, so I guess these people must have met there. But just to, the idea of a group of people meeting on a weeknight to sit around and f- discuss their fan film mm-hmm. is fascinating to me. The United Federation of Planets International and the Romulan Star Empire. I'm Linda Thuringer. I'm the captain, and my Romulan name is Aoife Tillevet, and I am the commander of the Praetorian Guard for the Romulan Star Empire. How do these Steve people find Mina? each other all in the same area? He's the that's, internet. That's literally what I oh, that was just what you're was talking just, about. You, I thought you were talking about finding um, stuff. I didn't I think oh. people. <laughs> I was so confused. I was no, like, no. did you zone out completely no, no. i was looking we made eye contact there was a acknowledgement no, i thought you were talking about stuff uh but you're right the then that definitely that makes more sense <laughs> it's like these are their little conventions yeah. officer and my romulan name is menhal tra laharan and i'm the sub commander of the praetorian guard i'm the security chief for the nemesis station and i'm also a member of romulan star empire my name is Terris Tano. I'm the uh, chief medical officer on the Nemesis. God, I, I love that guy. That guy's great. That guy is like, I just wanted to be my dad. Yeah. Dad, you're great, but like, look at this guy. He's got the mustache, the sweater, the shirt. I just like to grill for people. He likes to grill for people, and he likes to give uh, tips to people and then call them sport as they head out. Have well, a good day, sport. <laughs> well, I guess this is kind of what I'm, I'm wondering is like, how many people in here, you think they're all just super hardcore Trekkies or you think that some of them are like eh, it's a group of people I need friends this is kind of a fun group a little bit of both I think yeah. right Right. Station. I thought at first that I was a little afraid to come to my first meeting but it was just a lot of fun but the thing is, is the, about this group is that it is unique I think people are really educated that are in this group they know a lot about science they know a lot about what's going on in the world and it's neat to be with people like that I think it's really fun because you can um because it's a, it's a, the only place that I can think of that you can goof off and and grown ups goof off the same way and about the same. <laughs> so. Doesn't that look like Little Goldberg? <laughs> it does. <laughs> Maybe it is Little Goldberg. Are you a Trekkie? Totally. I'm just a Trekkie. Language is a Trekkie. Language. Language means I'm a Trekkie. I'm a, I'm a traveler is really what that means, but close enough. Are you a Trekkie? No, I'd say I am. I am a Trekkie. Uh, not card-carrying. I'm not the kind that wears uniforms all the time. He is a card-carrying Trekkie. He has a credit card that says Star Trek on it. At times I'm a Trekkie and other times I'm a Trekker. Every serious fan considers themselves a Trekker. Trekkie versus Trekker. I don't even know what that is. It's a generational type thing. 
the Trekkies. I don't know how I feel about this. Either saw saw old, old Star Trek when it first came out or started in with the reruns early in the 70s. The Trekkers primarily someone who started in with Next Generation or 4. That is a... They, the uh, person that was got really into knives and armory and started making their own weaponry at the convention. Yeah. That is a person who I would want to write into a television show, but I would be told that that character, you can't do that character. It's too, it's broad, too broad. Not real. Not real. No yeah. one is like that. Absolutely. And I'd be like, no, this is the most fascinating person you'll ever meet in your life. 100%. It's like, I just feel like I have to like collect clips throughout life. And for a comedy real show. people and just so be like, this beautiful. is a real person. Yeah. But then we can't put any similarities to a person living or dead. Or yeah, it's, like, it's all, oh, God it's damn it. Like snobs. I'm not a Trekkie. I'm a Trekker. Trekker sounds a little pretentious. but I love that those guys, Mark and Brian, both had earrings <laughs> in the late 90s. <laughs> sure. Those L.A. radio hosts. The time. So here's my take before we get off of it. Yeah. I, I almost feel like we should have a whole bonus pod and see what people's takes are. Or maybe it doesn't matter. Takes anymore. of Trekkie versus Trekker. Oh, I, feel, I always I'm, like Trekkie. I'm sticking with Trekkie. Yeah, I always. I'm, I'm. 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 Unless somebody gives me some real, a real stance that explains the offensiveness, I feel like Trekkie at this point is. Wait, a is brand it offensive? That, isn't that what they're sort of saying? Is it Trekkie? I thought they were kind of explained it in this, where well, it's like Trekker is like a serious fan, and a Trekkie is like almost like the. Um, but then, the, but then the, the parody of a Star Trek. But nerd. then the person that owns the Armory uh-huh. was saying that the Trekkies were the originals, and well, she, then the Trekkers yes, came. Right. So, I think it. Uh, I think it is uh, whatever. I always just thought Trekkie was the like, thing. What other fan base has a branding that's as solid as the name Trekkie? Everybody knows what it is. Uh, here's why I think I'm a Trekkie. Uh-huh. Star Trek happens to me. I don't do Star Trek. It happens to me. Uh-huh. I'm not a Trekker. You have a Star Trek I'm podcast. I'm a Trekkie. I hate to break this to you, Matt. And I hosted a Star Trek television show, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Trekkie. I don't know. I just always have been. It's always been Trekkie to me. The Trekker thing, I feel like, came up in like the 90, early 90s or something. Steve Kirk. And so far, it's been a big boom to the town. We have our Star Trek Fest the last Saturday at every June. We get anywhere from three to maybe 6,000 people to town. We have a per- Love the Shriners and their tiny motorbikes at the, at the Star Trek Parade. Parade. The carnival, the contest. It just, we, just really boomed to the town. We've been having this party now for years. It seems like every year it gets to be a little bit more fun. A couple more people come, and, you know, it started off small. I love this end, end zone dance <laughs> the Klingon does. The end zone does. dance it's Klingon. Amazing. The end zone dance uh, Klingon with the ridge of a motion picture Klingon. That's or through a, Star Trek Three Klingon. That's not a gift. Somebody has to make it a gift. Yeah. That's a really good gift. I have a pair of hands on my shoulder. And... Uh, and somebody whispered into my ear, said, I recognize you. Yeah, I had your ears fixed. It was John Wayne. <laughs> Everybody was doing ear jokes in those days. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. It was fun. A Just a, a side note that, that I uh, had in my notes here. Um, there was a guy, uh, we don't have to go back for it necessarily, but there's a guy... At uh, around 22 minutes in, who says he's a therapist, but his shirt... We, we heard that. His shirt said security. 
That's weird, isn't it? Why is it security if he's... Wasn't he, like, at the convention playing around? Like, I thought that was, like... I don't think that was a It was, like, role-play security. I think he just said security. It was was he? You're saying that's his Star Trek outfit? I feel no. I'm feeling like like he was involved in some sort of a LARP that we didn't see on camera. <laughs> All right, where no. it was like you're security, you're ops, you're science. Okay, here's the you know no I problem. Thought that no. I honestly thought that that's what was happening. I'll let it go this time, well, Trekkies. Andy, I feel like your shields are going up. <laughs> so you know what that means. <laughs> you might not like Trek as much as everybody else, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. He does not like it. Not as much as everybody else. Device. I, I've started it here. As you can see, this is the the main power generator unit. This is the the round part here of the uh, the actual cloaking device. And I think I can modify it um, just like they did in uh, the Enterprise incident. I can modify it to use for use on uh, a Federation ship. I mean, I've built a lot of stuff. You know, see, this like, guy's uh, serious. Uh, communicator, phaser. This guy, one. this guy loves a trip to Radio Shack, which he does in this film, which made me miss Radio Shack immensely. The one that's the coolest is the uh, the chair that is Captain Radio Shack done? was in after he was crippled from a uh, uh, radiation burns. The well, fact that this guy Captain makes Pike's a Pike box support unit, as you can see, it. it uh, encompasses the entire body except for the head and it supports life and takes him wherever he needs to go. The beautiful simplicity of the way it works is that you can ask him a yes or no question, kind of like a binary computer. And for yes, it's one blink. And for no, it's two blinks. Do you think that's a legitimate sound that the box makes? Because it's real good. Yes, I do think it is. This guy, that's an amazing prop. Yes. And also, or, uh, why would you no, choose to like make? The prison that Pike is trapped in. He said he drives it in parades and stuff. That is amazing. It is an amazing detail. Uh, hi, uh, is Craig around? <laughs> I, uh, did this ever explained anywhere? Uh, that Craig is, is not around? No, this guy in the Radio Shack thing that they spend so much time on and he never says a word. I think he set aside some stuff for me, some parts, an HP. Looks like he's having a meltdown. He's very confused. So amazing. But he's asked I direct questions. To Craig about my Nomad pro- He's like, look at him he's eyeballing the camera. Yeah, he's like, he thinks he's in some sort of practical joke. Yeah. Right? He thinks he's like someone, he thinks he's in a bit. Project and... He um, he said I could maybe use the 3.9 ohm resistors or the 270s. Do you think I could get away with the t- with the 270s? For my next project, I'm going to build a dilithium chamber after I'm done with Nomad, and I'm going to build uh, some anti-grabs too. After that, maybe an M5 computer, and I'm going to connect my house with Jeffrey's tubes. I got a lot of projects like down the road to do to build. Star Trek, I think it's had a lot of impact on the future. I mean, we have cellular flip phones. They have nuclear-powered rocket engines already that'll, I'm sure, take us to Mars. And basically, all science fiction now is true. I wonder what the breakdown is of men to women today versus then. Star Trek's... Amongst Trekkies. I don't know. I literally don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not really asking you. Did you notice more? Or I mean, it seems pretty even. Like at the Star Trek, convention. it's definitely more even than in the past. But uh, in Star Wars, I wonder what the breakdown is in Star Wars. I think it's, it's always uh, been a real fun, especially today. Star Wars is not nerdy. much. It's not nerdy. It's a little no. nerdy. If you're dressing up like a Star Wars character. It's a nerdy. Well, if you are, sure. 
you can be a nerd and like Star Wars. That's 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. But I think inherently, the idea of like Star Wars being nerdy because it was so popular from the get, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, it's not being a nerd. It's just being, I don't know, basic. <laughs> that is what bugs you. It is what bugs you me. You feel like Star Wars is basic. I don't feel no, like it no, has no, to be it, basic. That's not, no, it's not. I, I, it's I'm a not very bugged. rich. I'm not bugged. It's a rich universe. I'm bugged Matt. by like the idea of like it being quote unquote nerdy. Do you uh-huh. know what I mean? I'm bugged by that. Like it's not. It's not nerdy. It just isn't. As a sports fan, yeah. You're you're someone who just you just got to stick with the team, even if the people you don't like the people currently on the team. Because that's how I kind of feel sure, about yeah. Star Wars at this point. It's like, I, I love Star Wars so much. Why are you doing these things to it? Yeah, I mean, like, it's like a new ownership team. You know, new ownership comes in, and you don't like they trading away all your players, trying to save a little money. And, yeah, it's very similar. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Gift for fans. I met a, a very uh, wonderfully talented lady, uh who's a political cartoonist, English lady, named Sue Coe. But when she saw Star Trek, it, it gave her a vision, not of a world necessarily that she could live in, but it gave her a vision that, that it, it gave her an understanding that there were people who were thinking those thoughts, the people who were making the show. The reason people, most of the people I, I know... I wonder what like his Star point Trek was. ...expresses... What do you mean? And it feels like it's incomplete. And then what happened? She did art. She maybe they cut back. Issues. I don't know. They don't. I expected them to. Normally, be expressed in today's society without somebody coming down on you or looking at you funny or hauling you off. My father grew up in um, in the Nazi era. He was in Poland when it was taken over, and because he was a German citizen or considered German, he they were protected. When they came to the United States, he came to realize that the principles that he grew up with were wrong. And when we watched Star Trek, he would tell me, now the things that they're doing there is the right thing to think, the right things, you know, like treating people like they're, like they're equals and treating people with respect. I would love to believe that everybody can get along in the future. We struck a note, a chord with the youth of this country and particularly those who came back from Vietnam and uh, the hippies. Plus the fact that it came at a very turbulent time <laughs> when Southern. the future of society, the planet, everything was up for grabs. Nobody knew where we were going. For the first time, people on television, people saw themselves, men and women, as equals. I think I like the, the hope and the chances that it gives people. Especially gay men and lesbian women they uh, living in a world in a society that's not accepting. There's a dream that one day, um, one day down the road, there will be acceptance. I think Gene Roddenberry at that time offered a There's vision of hope and that we would have a future. Not only did we not annihilate ourselves on this planet, but we are going forth. What progress? Yeah. What with a sense of adventure? This is definitely outdated. Said not only there is going to be a tomorrow, well, I, we're but going backwards, Michelle. Kind of oh, yeah. more gentle world tomorrow. 
and he liked to talk about the things that bug us today, which was back in the 60s, and put them in some kind of a disguised form because, of course, the network would never let us talk about things that were political or, or war or stuff like this. We couldn't mention we couldn't mention the black-white problem, so you know what happened. We painted Frank Gorshin half black and half white, and his adversary was half white and half black. We set them at each other, and it looked so ridiculous up on screen that everybody had to look at it and say, hey, we get this. I think this is going to be my basic prediction here that Star Trek will become the blueprint for the 21st century. The philosophy, the ideals, um, the prime directive, they're all going to be a, all be a genetic map to, uh, for, for a better future, a better tomorrow, for better mankind. My feeling I is... I wish that. he was right. Well, we're not there yet. Maybe we're in the dark time when, uh, you know, what was it called? What's the dark time called in Star Trek before all the Starfleet stuff happens? World War Three. Yeah, before World War Three. Before the World War Three. Before, 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 before War. We're just War. before World War Three, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's pretty much it, everybody. Just and, a bunch uh, of jokes. Yeah. Side no, note, no, side, no rap. Will Wheaton now? Will Wheaton was, I think, about six or seven years older in this than when we watch him. Mm-hmm. But we're in season in, end of season three, beginning of season four. It looks identical. It looks like he hasn't aged a day. I understand he's a, he was still very young, but uh, it's interesting. He looks exactly the same seven years later. Ageless. Ageless. That Huiton. Huiton. Uh, yeah, so I guess it's time to give this some Andes. Oh, do we? are we rating this? All right. Don't we? Do you want to give it an NBC? <laughs> yeah, I do want to give it an NBC. And I'm... I mean, I guess we'll play the... the, 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 the you knows. All right. I don't think it'll be any of those people unless we give it to the actors. No, no. Well, Andy, I, I mean, you can, you can, you can say what you want, but uh, I got to give my MVC to Peter for calling at the worst possible time. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I guess I'd give it to Gabe. It's Gabe. Come on, right? You got to give it to Gabe. There's no, there's no if ands or buts about it. He's the he's so. I think he's like almost. We're almost the exact same age. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Like so, I get him. It would be interesting to have him on the show. You want Peter on the show? I want I want Peter to call. Do you to, think Peter... I want Peter to call the show right as we're about to do something, just uh-huh. so I can hang up on him <laughs> in the same in the same fashion? Um, uh, all right, here's the Andes. The Andes Or some other method of ranking We're working on it So um, I guess we're judging it as a documentary Yeah it's, I mean look It's uh, it's enjoyable It held my attention uh-huh. A little sloppy in places uh, The narrative is I mean, I guess it's clear because it's like a window into the fandom, and that's what they're set up to do, and that's what we get. I think that's I think that's what maybe bumps me is it's just sort of a it's an outsider's perspective on Trekdom and Trekkies, and uh, and, and you know uh, it's interesting. Yeah, maybe it's because it's dated, and now we know so much more just available on the internet i'm just not that impressed i give it a six. Oh, that's even higher than me oh there you go i give it a five all right, well, right. I, I think it's like a middle of the road late 90s doc yeah 
you know, enjoyable. Yeah. And, you know, I watched it so much because I just found it so fascinating. I find um, Chaos on the Bridge to be much more illuminating. Well, there's certainly some hard data there, you know. Yeah. They're actually telling a story about something. That's true. You know, not looking at a... It's more of a micro versus macro situation. Now, uh, Andy, it's time for us to watch the trailer for Best of Both Worlds Part 2. I hope you're excited. Wait, didn't we watch that last week? No, nope. we, we watched the trailer for Trekkies last week. Oh, right. Sorry. There you go. Majel, if you'll, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to take this and put this up here. Okie dokie. Here we go. Whoops. That's the Blu-ray trailer. We don't want that. We want the actual mm, Best so of Both beautiful. Worlds. Part two trailer. All right, guys. So next week we are going to be, be making entering season doing this. four. I yeah. can't believe we're already there. It feels like uh, it uh, is only season two. That's how fast this is going to me. Uh, but anyway, here's the trailer for season four, episode one. It is Best of Both Worlds, part two. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation That's a new guy You once knew him as Picard, captain of the starship Enterprise But now he's half man, half machine A deadly pawn of the evil Borg His mission, to destroy Earth and anything or anyone who gets in his way It's the showdown of the 24th century On the next exciting episode of Star Trek The Next Generation It's interesting how what cheesy a, a, that is. What a trailer. And that, how cool the episode is. Yeah. It really, it downgrades how cool it is. I mean, do you want to watch the trailer for the entire, when they did the Blu-ray release? For What is it a trailer Best for? Best of both worlds Blu-ray release. They put them both on one thing. Sure. This might be more indicative of what we're what we're in for. Nope. Wow, I really made it modern. With an alien vessel described as cube-shaped. We're coming with every available starship to assist, Captain. But the closest help is six days away. Star Trek The Next Generation, the best of both worlds on dazzling high-definition Blu-ray. If you do not withdraw immediately, you will surrender yourself or we will destroy your ship. What the hell do they want with you? One of television's most powerful cliffhangers is now available as a feature-length double episode. The captain has been altered by the Borg. Altered? He is a Borg. Ranked by TV Guide as one of television's top 100 episodes of all time. I am. I say top episodes. A Borg. And nominated for five Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Achievement in Special Visual Effects. We're no longer just fighting the Borg. We're fighting the life experience they've stolen from Captain Picard. Now, how the hell do we defeat an enemy that knows us better than we know ourselves? We will proceed to Earth. And if you attempt to intervene, we will destroy you. Then take your best shot, Locutus, because we are about to intervene. This exhilarating release is loaded with special features, including an all-new group commentary track, 
and a gag reel recently discovered from the original camera negatives. The bad idea. <laughs> Plus a behind-the-scenes making-of documentary. That was just a really well-written two-part episode. It had everything in it. With Best of Both Worlds, the stakes were so high, and the idea that Patrick had been taken by the Borg, and then I say fire at the end of an episode, was huge. Mr. Worf, fire. Star Trek The Next Generation, the best of both worlds. Coming soon to high-definition Blu-ray. Resistance is futile. You know, I didn't realize it had its own commentary track, separate from oh, I would love to the Blu-ray. To and I would love to watch the documentary on it. Andy, I think there's only one way you can do that. What's that? Doing it. <laughs> you know, uh, you're very big on having me do stuff on my own when we have bonus pods and we have a venue to uh, to actually I know, but like, if you want to be a fan of it. a thing, then just absorb it all. Be an actual nerd. Don't as, be a pretend as nerd. As someone who stresses endlessly about, oh, well, what is the content going to be? Well, what are we going to do? What's mm-hmm. the bonus thing going to be? We Whatever. Ha- we have those we worked have, out right now. Well, the, so you just don't want to think about it. But I say, well, this is the thing. So why don't we throw that into the mix and see if they want to select that? That sounds boring. In the poll. I don't want to watch it. A DVD extra. This is what you're just trying to control it against the thing that I'm saying I will enjoy. That's all that's happening here. But I'm saying here. you're depriving yourself of enjoyment. I'm not you, depriving myself. You say I'm you want to read. put it in the poll and then I can do both bonus content for our loyal fans and uh, do the thing that I want to do anyway. Why don't you watch it and put it in? Why don't you do both? Why don't you watch it and put it in the poll? Uh, fair enough. And then you get to like... But then, like, if they don't vote for it, you don't have to deprive yourself of the thing you want to watch. That is reasonable. Man. That's all. Okay. But, like, I just, like, I, w- I worry about you. Like, in the sense that, like, you want to read <laughs> you want to read these comic books, but, like, you don't want to do it unless you have to do it. <laughs> uh, no, I want to, I want it to be purposeful because, but honestly, when I watch or do these th- things, then I forget about them if it's past two weeks. So yeah. I yeah. can't really comment on them. Right, right, right. So I'm just trying to time it right. But what if you just found something on your own that you really liked? Well, I don't have the time to do that anymore. That's all. All I'm saying is, like, if you want to do something, don't wait for the podcast to want you to do it. It seems foolish, since we're doing a Star Trek podcast, to not work the things that we're doing into the podcast. Well, I, I watch other episodes of Star Trek all the time that I don't bring up here, because I like it. Based on the limited amount of time. That surprises me. Yeah. Although I did talk the other day. I was watching Journey to Babel. I talked about that on the podcast a little bit. That's uh, anyway, guys, exciting conclusion of Best of Both Worlds. It's happening. We're finally in season four. And we're going to be able to watch. No, no, no. Which? Uh, we got to go back into the president circle, my friend. Which? Um, Unless you're going to beam us in there. Well, we could direct beam just into the president circle if well, you I want think to. It would save time. Well, you it he had his finger on the transporter right there. Theoretically, would he was about to do a sight to sight transport? You don't know what the uh, what my finger was hovering on on my Elcar's display here. <laughs> Could have been anything. All these buttons look the same. How I do know, you know what they do. How do you know what they do? I'm part of the crew. All right. <laughs> it's time, everybody, to uh, re-enter the good old. Uh, United Federation of Planets President Circle, and you know, if Andy wants a direct beam, quite frankly, here we go. I 
Well, here we are. Oh, boy. How you doing, everybody? Yep, we're back. I hope you enjoyed us watching Trekkies. Oh, you didn't? Well, don't worry. We're back next week with a regular episode. Uh, Andy, it's time to say thank you to the, some of the people who are at the highest level available. That These isn't the Q continuum. Subspace uh, message shout-outs. All right. So, big shout-out to President Circle uh, members. Jason Sinclair. Lisa Gomez. Al- Alex F. I almost said Axel F. Because you just always want to say sure. Axel yeah. F. And sing the Axel F song. Dun, dun. Stevie Murray Nickel. The Stevie Nicks of the crew. <laughs> Mallory Duke. Amber Rehack. Alan L. Doug Atkinson. Jason Quayle. Patrick Benoit. Thank you. Mark Mitchell. Brian Gullett. Uh, Paul Sharp. Catherine Shimmons. Good to have you aboard. Uh, Christopher Colbert. Daniel Kostelek. Andrew Ingram. Katrina Cortman. Tane. Darren Smith. Angel Rivera III. Tish Wheeler. Thank you, Tish. Uh, Daniel Perez. Uh, Lieutenant Ben Roach. Uh, you missed uh, Lieutenant Commander David Erickson. I gave him a promotion because you missed him. <laughs> oh, that is intense. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lastly, uh, Lieutenant Andrew the Street Saints. <laughs> Enter the street saying. I love it. If you want to become a member of the President's Circle, all you have to do is uh, join on patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. You get two uh, extra bonus pods for that level. You get one extra bonus pod yeah, for big, the uh, lieutenant's level. Big, uh, big uh, September here. We're going to do Iron Man and we're going to do uh, the uh, USS Callister episode of Black Mirror. So if you want to hear those, head on over. Otherwise, uh, I guess it's time for us to site-to-site transport again, Andy. This time to wherever it is we transport to at the end of the show. Who knows where that is? Oh, dear. This button's not working. I'm just trying to get myself disengaged. Oh, no. It didn't. It almost cut in and out. It had some problems. (laughs) Guys, I'm really going to do it now. I'm going to actually use this <laughs> transporter instead. We, we still can never tell when we're... Are we in an abyss right now? I think we're just in the transporter beam. Disengage? We're locked in a diagnostic cycle? I don't know what's happening. All I feel right. like we're just beaming from <laughs> void to void. Oh, Disengage? No.